Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. Happy Wonderland Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. In case you didn't know, this is a weekly show that takes place every Wednesday where we sit down with people that work in animation and video games and pick their brains about their careers, what it is that they do, and just talk about life. So thank you for tuning in live. Um, Today's host, or today's special guest, is John Bailey. John Bailey has a million different voices. He is so cool. If you're not already a fan of John's, you will be soon after this show. So I'm going to go ahead and add John right now, and we're going to get started. You guys get ready to hear one of the most inspirational voiceover stories I've ever heard. Okay. Bailey. And we're waiting. Hi. Hi. How's it going, my friend? This is one of the voices you've ever heard. I can't believe you're doing my nerd guy. Why is it so zoomed in on me? <laughs> oh, it's like once two people are sharing the I screen, yeah, it, it like, gives you less. Um, like you get nothing but a face. You should both back this. I'm back back it up. You know? It is so good to see you, John. You How too. are you today? I'm good. Sometimes I, I drive through your neighborhood and just wave at y'all's houses. <laughs> just rando houses? That's no, here. Sometimes I go through your neighborhood and just wave at your house because we can't see each other anymore because of all the quarantine restrictions. I know. I feel like I'm sponsoring LaCroix just by taking a very obvious sip of <laughs> this. Um, apparently, <laughs> I'm, I am Aquafina. So. Oh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. I had Melissa Hutchinson on last week, and we actually had a cocktail. It was. I think maybe we need to do a new series called, like, Wonderland After Dark. Where it's just well, I do have many bottles of aviation gin. <laughs> Why? Because Ryan Reynolds really likes me for some reason. I don't know. Uh... Oh, so he sends you gin? Yeah. Really? Oh wait, yeah. it's just a sad story. And you, know, you do a lot of voice matching for Ryan Reynolds. You do a lot of uh, everything, actually. That's so one good. of the things I'm sort of most impressed by you is just the breadth of your work. You work in promos, you work in trailers, animation, VO commercials, a lot of voice matching, impression type stuff. So what, tell us what is the story with Ryan Reynolds and Aviation Gin? Uh, yeah, I have to be a Swiss army knife of, of voiceover because I have a big family to support. <laughs> so uh, in order to keep that insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, there, at some point, I think I, I started tweeting Aviation Gin and Ryan Reynolds and he was already familiar with my work because of a collaboration on the Deadpool on his trailer. And he, they were doing, oh, they were doing the, he was trying to come up with slogans for the Aviation Gen. And it was like him doing a whole bunch of terrible slogans in a row, which is the style that I do my content in too. It's just like improv through a bunch of stuff. Like, terrible. Like, like every Will Ferrell movie, that kind of thing. I think I tweeted something to them and they were, and Aviation Gen said something about, we would love to hear you say this. And I was like, well, instead of just saying it, I should really do it. I just go. The, so I actually filmed it in the booth. I got one of my wives like scars and try to make it look like an ascot, like super <laughs> with the pinky and everything. And wow. so I got a suit on the whole deal. And then I said it in a, in a really good uh, movie trailer voice. 
and then posted it back. And then Ryan Reynolds tweeted back after that. They were like, this is amazing. We're going to make this the, the, the ringtone for every, all the Aviation Gen employees. And Ryan tweets something to the effect of, ringtones? I'm making this the ringtone for my funeral. I don't know what that means, but this is awesome. <laughs> and the next thing I know, they are messaging me about this. Hey, the boss wants to send you something. Can you give us your address? And I'm like, cool. <laughs> well, someone's saying they can't hear a thing. Uh-oh. I hear you. I hear you. Anyone else having issues with sound? Maybe Vale has just got his stuff. Now down below. We're just going to proceed as if. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Vale. Well, I went Um, live right before this, hoping that might boost some numbers. I don't know if it works or not. I really haven't figured out. Get them over here. Did they tell you where, did you tell them where you could find us? It's when I go live with somebody, when somebody they follow goes live, it shows up as their live too. So oh. they don't hit it automatically shows up, in it. but uh, it's I have not fully figured out the algorithms and things and all the tricks and di- for all the Instagram stuff. Yeah, this is TikTok. I'm a little more proficient. <laughs> oh hey, hey I got in early. Oh, you cheating on us with TikTok? I, I got in. I got in at the ground floor, so I, I understand that one a little bit better. I was very late to the party with Twitter and with Instagram, and honestly, all the other ones too. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just now. Tadlock said, "Do you look beautiful?" And I concur. She always looks amazing. Oh, thank you, Tadlock. Just making me feel good on the inside. Well, she's just as talented as she looks, too. I just so I know. I know this is your show. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, what's so funny is that the first time I met you, you had asked to interview me on your YouTube show. Yeah. And that was probably like eight or nine years oh, ago. It's been, yeah, it's been a while now. Seven, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So it's good. Now tables are turned and I can turn <laughs> no. the favor slash. Do you like interviews, by the way? Well, I was about to say, I've been getting a lot of interview requests just in the last couple of months, and I really don't know why. It's Nothing's really changed that much for me, at least mm-hmm. not recently. And I could see if it was a combined thing. It's just been a long time, or I don't know. But just all of a sudden, people are out of the woodwork. Hey, you want to be on a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> why? Well, not really, but... I don't really know. I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> It's quarantine. What else do I got to do? <laughs> I was curious. You can stream. I can't too because we have the same representation. So if they message one of us, they'll message us both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you just get an audition? Shoot. Yep. We gotta go. Everything's male or female. So there's no... Yes. No, they're not, they're any any age, any age, really. We don't yep. want to discriminate or draw the line. <laughs> yep. John, I want to... As we get started, start at the very beginning, because I think that you have one of the most inspiring stories of any voice actor I know. Now, I know that in your 20s, you were living in Mississippi, you were flipping burgers and running a forklift, just had dropped out of college, no shame there at all, but things were not quite exactly what they are today. Well, I dropped out and found out the truth about the college I was going to. That's a Totally different subject. That's that is a little misrepresentation. They uh, did not inform me, or at least I did not understand that there was only one kind of degree to get from that school. Uh-huh. And I, when I found out that, that good my, my degree would only be good for a teaching education and doing it in their church slash school. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> so and I was three years in, I'm like, poop, I don't, this is not, and it's not accredited. So what good was it going to do me? So oh, I, picked, yeah. I picked up online and finished it. I did finish yeah. in community college and I got my degree. So Stay in school, kids. <laughs> and then you basically, so your wife was saying, this is your passion. You love doing voiceover. And you started making YouTube videos. And then take us through your path from there. She's a lot more responsible than that. What initially happened was 
she's the one that kind of encouraged me to do more YouTube stuff when it first came out. She'd seen something on Oprah and she's up it's on Oprah, then John's got to do it. Mm-hmm. But back then getting the hardware to do, to put together a computer that would be able to do the kind of video stuff that I wanted to do was not cheap. Yeah. It was thousands and we didn't even make that much money. Like it was yeah. we made nickels compared to what I make now. Yeah. And I didn't, so I, I was real little late to the party, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's amazing. So anyway, the, the thing happened when I was at work, I think at the time I was at, maybe at Chick-fil-A flipping, I was a kitchen manager <laughs> and she was making a MySpace page and an ad popped up back before they had pop-up blockers. And it was for a local studio. I don't know if you've ever even heard of this, but studiocenter.com. Yes. But okay. Yeah, so I guess apparently, in their yeah, they have five locations across the country. Okay, there's one in Texas, I think. Yeah. And they had one in Memphis at the time. They don't anymore. It's been a long time since it's a Braille Institute now. But when I, my wife saw that they had a Memphis location, she's John can do it because that's in our own backyard. And we really didn't know about online stuff. There wasn't a lot of information about voiceover back then. But Memphis is not really known for anything other than blues and barbecue and bullets. So the three beings. Yeah, exactly. So I went down there and, and tried them out and they were just, whoa. So they gave me a shot. And I think by the end of the year or at the beginning of the next year, they gave me a contract to sign. And then they started sending me auditions the February 1st, the, the following month. And by February 11th, I booked my first gig. Wow. It was all non-union at that time, but uh, mm-hmm. the rate was still way more than I was used to getting paid for doing 80 hours of forklift work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And well, yeah, she was like, the worst they can do is say no. What do you got to lose? Because at first I was just like, eh. <laughs> that is a pretty yeah. epic story. And yep. so then tell us about your transition to Los Angeles. Oh, that took a little time. It was really rough at first. You don't just, I didn't know how things worked. So I found everything the hard way. <laughs> like it was all trial and error from the very beginning. I did not know you could just jump into it full time. So it, it took me a while before I really found my footing. But <laughs> once my first manager found our, our manager they yeah, that kind of transitioned manager. me to a different tier mm-hmm. and then they got they helped put me with my current agency which again that kind of just slowly climbing that ladder and when they kept telling my agency kept telling me that you would do better in LA and I at the time I just thought it was something that agents tell somebody who's not booking a lot or why they're giving them excuse not to submit them maybe I was still too new whatever I just assumed, and our manager just kept telling us, oh, no, you don't need to come here. You can do everything that we do from there. So all the ADR, the trailer, the promo stuff, I could do everything remotely. Didn't really need to be in LA. Mm-hmm. But honestly, coming out here really did, it boosted everything overall. I mean, it also increased the ADR stuff that I do. I started doing loop group stuff, background voices for film, mm-hmm. uh, TV show, dubbing a series on Netflix and things. But yeah. it, took a few, it took a few years. There was a situation with our autistic kid. And we realized that if we didn't get some help, that there would may be no coming back from it because there just wasn't, they're just not the resources and services in Mississippi that there are here. Yes. So we, we realized that my job and his situation both would work best in this town. And yeah, within the first couple of years, things just, I, I was told it takes about three years that I was lucky to survive the first one. And within two years, we were just, I was like, jobs were just coming at me. Well, you came here and you already had representation. Yeah. And so that's a huge obstacle. It, it, it took a few months working. to really like, oh, he's here and he's in person. Yeah. And I think the more that the social media, the more the online things that I work on, which there's still voiceover jobs, but they're not, it's it's considered new media. And a lot of people don't understand that mm-hmm. just because you hear a voice in a YouTube video, that doesn't mean that this was one guy who made this whole thing and posted it himself. It's not my channel, 
it's not my video. I'm just the voice. And some there's a whole team of people that put this together. That's why it's so well done. So there's a little bit of a disconnect between people who understand that and the other side of the voiceover business. So I've, I've always tried to keep them separate. But as that kind of grew in popularity and became more mainstream, that mm -hmm. combined with my own social media content, people started people in the industry that are looking to hire voice actors were wanting to hire epic voice guy but then they realized that there's john bailey the voice actor and holy crap he can do all this other stuff and all of a sudden yeah. more doors started opening i was able to do more coaching because a lot of the coaches you can do here you cannot do of course now in quarantine everybody's doing it online but sure. at the time you couldn't yeah. do it without being here in person yeah yeah, my wife's, my wife's answering all, all, all the personal questions, folks. Yes, Mandy my, my Land one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how many kids do you have? Three, what? four, four kids, four. Well, they're not uh, kids anymore. The youngest one turns 13 in a week and a half. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen them since Comic-Con, I think. Yep, this is what happens. This is what you're going to look like. And then <laughs> when I have three more. <laughs> After they turn into a teenager, this is where you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. I know. It must be, be really be, challenging. Are they I used to be cute right now? when they were babies? I was cute too. I had hair. <laughs> now you got I a hat. Skinnier. I had more muscles. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they homeschooling right now? With the with yeah, they've been doing homeschool, digital, digital okay. school, which is it's a yeah. been a bit of a learning curve to be sure. <laughs> yeah, that must be so much on you and your wife. Is that yeah? Are you going crazy? It's it, it would be a lot for one or two, but for four and one of them special needs. And, and yeah. they're, they're two in each school, but they're all in different grades. But yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's a I still have to manage. My wife's now working from home. And <laughs> it, I'm trying to manage basically two careers. And she's trying to do her business. And we're trying to help them with school. And it's very hard to be that on hands, on deck all, all the time, 24-7. Every kid seems to need, and my wife included, everybody needs to have me help them at some point or work with them in some capacity. And it's hard to do because I've, I'm the guy at the circus spinning all the plates and I got a lot of plates going. <laughs> I was going to say, I think far and away, one of the most prolific content creators that is a voice actor on yeah, the I, internet. I agree with that. I try to get more voice actors to do, even when I coach, I'm like, you should try to do something with social media because I think there's a way to integrate something that's either your hobby or your passion with your talent and to create yeah. your own thing. And I've seen so many different people do it different ways. There was a guy who used to be nothing. And he was doing creepy pastas. I'm not sure if you're familiar with what that what is, is but basically a scary story read to creepy music and weird pictures on YouTube. Ooh. And all of a sudden, it voice voiceover career just exploded because he found a thing. And so I've always been a I've always been the kind of person who thought where you should take something that everybody's familiar with, something that you're really good at, and just push those two things together. And when I found a way to just combine different things that other people already did and stay in, staying in my house, staying in my in my lane. And it, there's a big, there's an audience out. If you join TikTok today, there's enough people out there that are already fans of you that you would have thousands of people following you in no time as well. And I keep telling a lot of voice actors this that aren't doing social media. It's like, even if you don't understand it, at least try it a little bit. Even if you do the very basics. Yeah. Uh, Rob, Paul, Rob Paulson's first TikTok video had 5 million views. Before he, before he even changed his, which I helped him change his username from user nine four seven six seven three two. Everybody thought it was a fake account. I actually checked they're like they're like this guy's I amazing. Verify check mark and user three trending on Twitter. User three six seven five nine. I know. <laughs> it looks like such a fake account too. <laughs> they're like this guy's ripping off Rob Paulson. He sounds. <laughs> a lot of people do that too. It's it's, it's scary mm -hmm. how easy it is for some celebrities to get check marks, and then you find out 
that wasn't even a real celebrity. That was just somebody posting all of their stuff. <laughs> they just did a really good job of making it look like it was. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. enough people on there now where people are starting to police the fake accounts. I'm always looking for people that are like poaching videos of friends of mine stuff. And I see a lot of Howie Mandel's and Alec, my buddy Alex is his son, like taking their videos and posting it as really him just trying to get views and likes. And I don't really know. What do you get out of that anyway? Like you don't get to keep that. You're going to get busted at some point. I just it is a little bit twisted if it's you think weird. It's you just get an ego lazy. blast off not your stuff. Yeah, it's and it's it's so lazy. Hey, Sorry, just saying hi to my friend. <laughs> You're saying. Yeah. Look at you. Look at that pretty little light in your eye. <laughs> oh, that's a ring light. Isn't it pretty film? It's beautiful. <laughs> right? uh, I know. Yours looks me, better. Yours, yours looks like a music video. Mine, I'm looking a little shiny I just looks today. like I've got, you know, an alien virus. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's like enough with the vibe. Ixnay on the yeah, iris no, day, iris okay? <laughs> Don't worry. It's not Corona, okay? Uh, oh! Quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn, okay. look at the chalkboard. Ah, I'm melting. <laughs> Okay. Okay. But wait, we have, we were supposed to rewind back to the beginning because I'm still, I, oh, I yeah, want to yeah. know. So YouTube, so you started this YouTube channel, you yeah, start posting, did, which came first, your YouTube following or honest trailers? YouTube. I, I did YouTube on my own first and I didn't really know what I had. I just, I, I just made content and it wasn't, there was no real rhyme or reason. There was no real flow or specific brand. We really, nobody really knew what they were doing. We were just posting content. What's funny is, Looking back on it now, that's exactly what TikTok is. There's no real theme. Once you find a theme, you, somebody, you, most people will stick to it. Same thing with Instagram. It's just random. Like it's one person posting a lot of things. Yeah. So the, the link between the things is the person making the thing. Yeah. You know? And back, I was doing YouTube that way back then, but back then that is not what worked. And I really didn't know that, but I did get a lot of views because I did a lot of Optimus Prime. Like I did a lot of Transformers dubs, just funny stuff that I did to all the character voices. Uh -huh. I'd write the stuff myself. And I came to be known as like Internet Optimus Prime or YouTube Optimus Prime. And that created a little bit of a, tra a Transformers fan following. That's where my whole basis came from for that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after I started getting interested in the trailer voice and branching out, doing other voices for stuff, I put together this video that my first manager had found online after Don had passed away. But I'd made it a few years before of me doing it. I wrote my own movie trailer with broken into five five or six different genres and did a trailer for each one so i did hal douglas for one and nashton smith for another one and just went down the road and my first manager was holy crap he not only does he sound like those guys he actually knows who those guys are and this was in 2008 or 9 mm -hmm. or no 2010 i'm sorry and uh, so he was like nobody knows who ashton smith is <laughs> like, and he contacted or he had his booking agent contact me so like, we'd like to try you on some Take stuff it down <laughs> yeah they tried to they tried me out on a few things and he was like, yeah, you booked three out of four of these. We, he, he started off by saying, right now you're just doing impressions of other movie trailer voices. Mm -hmm. And we think you have a lot of raw potential. And we would like to work with you to kind of develop your own movie trailer voice, like the John Bailey voice, where other people are trying to imitate you, not just you doing Don's voice or you doing Hal's voice or whatever. Which is so, pretty unusual. You don't hear a lot of that kind of story. He never managed anybody either. He just owned a trailer house and, and mm -hmm. over by the Grove at the time. And he just thought I had a lot of raw potential and wanted to be part of the whole I discovered him story. There's a lot of people here and there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Rick Party, who used to run voiceoveruniverse.com, but he feels like responsible for that. He found me on YouTube and featured my, one of my, my one of my first big trailers was the Book of Eli Blu-ray trailer. And he featured it on the main page, which 
coincidentally led to some weird stuff. <laughs> Somebody Ooh. called and threatened oh, to like put me to pr- put me in prison for breaking SAG rules over that. And when I asked my manager about it, he said, "We actually know who you're talking about, and that guy's actually an agent. And one of the guys that he represents, we usually hire him, and we didn't hire him for this. And he probably got mad when he saw the spot and called his agent, tried to scare you." And I was Drama. like, "Geez, what is the Sopranos?" <laughs> Welcome to the world of voiceover. Yeah, you know, they don't tell you about all that at the panels and Comic Con. <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah. Anyways, that was a long time ago, and that hasn't happened since. <laughs> but that was very. I was like, "What yeah. is going on?" I uh, really, I'm yeah. noticing below that there's some really good questions for John. So I just want to encourage everybody: if you have questions, do you see the little um, question mark at the bottom of the box, at the bottom of the screen? Go ahead and type your question in there, and then at the end we will circle back. I've written a few of them down, but if you go ahead and write them in there, that would be great for anybody that's just tuning in. This is Allison's Wonderland. It's a podcast. Hi! Today we're interviewing John Bailey, but every week we have different people that work in animation and video games, voice actors, produce voice actors. You don't usually hear it pronounced like that, voice actors, as opposed to voice actors. actors. Writers, a show creators. Yeah, I think outside the box. Everybody else is going to do it the other way. You did it there. Right but way. we're both in boxes. Like, hey, That's true. Box. I'm in a glass cage of emotions. In a box. But yeah, you can follow my page and subscribe for updates probably john you probably know how to how one would actually do that yeah they can click your name up there at the top and follow you follow that user right there there you go there you go okay so cool so you made the transition to la you're producing content you're booking and booking and getting more and more stuff what's been some of your favorite roles that you've ever performed well i mentioned that transformers was a big like inspiration and kind of a big part of like my, my initial like social media fan base. At one point, our our agency reached out to me and said they're looking for a sound alike for Optimus Prime. And at first, I always do what I always do. And I'm like, if Peter Cullen wants to do it, I don't want everything to do with it. So don't even bother. And they like, no, he's already said he won't do it for scale. So you, if you want it, you can try it. And so they sent off my demo and they booked me for the ADR, just to, just the you know normal sound like stuff. So that was even though, even though I know it was just scratch, that was a huge deal for me because I was like, I'm getting to work on Bumblebee movie. And yeah. while I was there, actually, I think CSDs first sent out auditions to us for some Transformers characters, if I remember right. But then there was some weirdness where I kept getting the same audition from different places, and they said this it was switching studios, some stuff I really didn't understand, and never heard back. So I just assumed nothing happened. And then the last session I was there. They said, while you're here, we'd like you to record for some other additional voices. And I'm like, I bet that's what this was, which is so yeah. weird that I'm, I'm back trying it out for the third time. And yeah. But unfortunately for me, I was sitting next to Steve Bloom, who's been working on Transformers for quite a while. Yeah. And we need to know which characters you voiced already, which ones you booked. And I haven't booked but one. And I already know that somebody else is going to be doing that voice. So Steve Bloom's like going, done it, done it, done it, <laughs> not done, done it. So like most of them. So I get in there with two or three guys that I'm not very good at and I record them. And before I left, I was like, would you mind if I recorded for some of these other guys? Because I've been doing Transformers soundalikes since I was a kid. For 35 years, I've gotten pretty good at them. Good on like, you for asking yeah, for the opportunity. Ahead. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he's, after two or three, he was like, John, you're blowing my mind. It's, it's like having the cartoon right here live in front of you. You sound like your original thing. And in the original, we, we somehow managed to miraculously get the very first screening by accident. We didn't even know what we were seeing. 
But by accident, we got a screening for the very first screening in the U.S. of Bumblebee before it was finished. Way before what do you mean you got the, the, the screening? You know, the, the, the premiere screening. Oh, you got the screener. Yeah. Yeah, the screener. And we went to the theater, not knowing what movie it was. It was just one of those bring a kids of this age. So I had my, my youngest two, oh. Tyler and Bailey. Oh. Tyler, yeah, so Tyler's like the biggest Transformers fan of the group. And it said, if you like movies like Avengers or Batman, that this is the kind of movie that this was going to be, an action movie, whatever. And then the guy comes out and he's all, he looks like Tim Gunn. He's all in a white suit, like from top to bottom. And he's like, congratulations. You're the very first audience in the U.S. to see the Bumblebee movie. And my kids are like, whoa. And I had no idea at the time what I was going to finish on. I had no, no, no clue of anything. This was just a screener. I got, I got a, a paycheck out of it. Yay. And then they play it. And the opening scene wasn't quite finished. But a lot of the voices that, I, that were in the scratch were me, including Optimus Prime. Hey guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. What does this mean, Dad? It probably means nothing. This is just temporary stuff. But then when the final, uh, Kathy, our agent for animation, she let me know, I think it was right at Halloween or close to Halloween, that I was going to get not one, but two of the roles in the final version of the film. And then when I found out which ones they were, they're my actual two favorite characters out of all of the characters in Transformers, my two favorite ones. I've voiced my top three favorites already. And I did all, and, and I also crossed up a huge bucket list because as a kid, I'd always wanted to be a Transformer voice with Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime in the same, in an, in an official real Transformers project of some kind. And this like just checked off every list. My name's sandwiched right between David Sobolov and Greg Griffin and Steve Bloom and, and Peter Cullen. I was like, yeah, I know those people. Hey guys, it's me. <laughs> I tried not to be that kid from The Simpsons. Like, I like to touch my primary. Like, the creepy weirdo. (laughs) But you couldn't help yourself. I I should try. I was trying. I should get an Oscar for how cool I actually played it. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? (laughs) Like, I was. So hopefully they're not listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I tried Um, so hard. I bet my face must have probably been redder than this because I was trying so hard not to geek out. (laughs) At the same time, I was trying to act like I'm supposed to be there. And just all nonchalantly, whatever. Your skin looks pretty on fleek right now. Uh, is that what it is? Very, is it very fleeking? smooth. Not very I try to pick all the fleeks off. If there's any left, maybe I can, you know. Nope, still covered in fleek. <laughs> covered. We, should, we should do what, uh, what Taika Waititi and uh, Mark Ruffalo did when they did a live stream. Like, <laughs> he did the bottom half of the mouth, and, she, and he did the top half of the In a world where one... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, this is so hilarious. great. Miss Allison Packard, watch my live streams. That is going to be her profile picture. Sorry, I just thought I heard a mom like out the window. Oh yeah, yeah my, wife, my wife was actually telling in the comments, we took the whole family and she was sick as a poor thing was, but when the movie came out, we took the whole family to see Bumblebee and it was just like, it was just like a such a huge moment. And then, of course, when the, we didn't know at the time whether it was going to be an on-screen credit or not or just additional voices. And there's yeah. my name in, right there with all the other voice. And then my whole band, like nobody else in the theater but us. I think my kid, oh, my kid and my husband, I think, are going swimming. I was like, oh. I, I keep hearing <laughs> like, ghost. I keep hearing <laughs> your kid's voice anyway in your head a lot. Yeah. So I thought it was that, but no. It's, I, I, it's I plan really on good. making a... Of some content, a series of content-based videos based on the like the ghost hunter shows, but instead of ghosts, it's just children. Because if you really think about it, everything can be explained by children: doors being left open, lights flipping on yes. and off, 
little kids' footprints after bedtime. <laughs> just go strange just noises. Kids, yeah. Little girls whispering. Yeah, they're just up past bedtime. <laughs> Something in the closet. They left the fridge open. And I, I want to go in further. It's like, you can tell they've been here because the, te- the table is still dirty, even though I told them to wipe it down hours earlier. <laughs> Where did that band-aid come from? I know, right? And I want to get my kids involved and have them, like, run by the door. Like, did you see that? <laughs> I swear there was a kid, guys. <laughs> yeah, I can hear them out there. So, yeah, any other dream roles or, um, like, areas of voice acting that you want to pursue? Like, I still would like to what's be... What's on your vision board? I'd still like to be a regular on, like, a network series. That's I'm still in the additional voices stage and just barely scratching the surface in animation. Uh, done plenty of video game stuff, but not, a, like, a main video game character, which would be really mm-hmm. nice to be. Came close a few times. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the main type stuff that I'd like. And I'd just like to continue doing what I'm already doing now. I just like more of it. But, yeah, Ghost Kid Adventures, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ghost Kid Adventures. Tell um, our listeners about... Some of your, I'm going to, <laughs> Corona, ah! you got to go into the computer virus. <laughs> now you, oh <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Wait, what was the question again? Was it about dream rolls? Dream rolls. Okay. For some reason, I thought we were on where they can find me. <laughs> stuff. Uh, what do you think we're around? Maybe I well, guess. I mean, I, I, I've worked on some stuff. I can't go into any details, but I've worked on a really, a really, fingers crossed look good looking pilot that I would that I would love to work on and mm. keep really busy I'd be working with one of my favorite people that I was already a fan of making really and he, he I can't say who, he, say who it is but he's created a couple of my favorite shows and worked on some of my favorite movies and he calls me his new super weapon when it comes to voiceover stuff and that's like the that's a big compliment coming from most people but it's a huge compliment coming from somebody that you like look up to and you're a fan of. Yeah. And I forgot to mention at the, at the end of the Transformers session, I, I didn't realize until after that last session that the guy that was in the booth was actually Travis Knight, the director of the movie. <laughs> I had no idea that a guy that I was like, hey, can I do extra voices for? I had no idea that was him. And uh, so, yeah, that was after that. It was like any director. Hey, can you work with something? Like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I worked with Travis Knight and didn't know it and I didn't blow it. So yeah, I pretty, it's kind of like Harry Potter. Once you see that you've already done the Patronus. Oh, you can do it because you already saw yourself do it back in the past. (laughs) Somebody was asking for a forklift impression. A forklift impression? There's not much to to fork to impress. It's a lot of it's a lot of trying not to drop something from two or three stories up because you have to pick up the mess if if the pallet breaks. And uh, what's your favorite color? I don't want to forget that. Purple is best color. They didn't have purple though. I'm so jealous of Debbie's booth. Because it's so purpley. I don't know if you've been in it since quarantine, but it's so beautiful in there. And yours is so pur- it's, it's yours is purple. pretty purple. Too. Hold on. Yeah, part of yours is purple, right? Yeah, yeah well, those are more pants. raspberry, but my couch is purple. The couch is gorgeous. And my Yuri, Yuri and Tara book. And it looks so good with the white fluffy bench. This is me back when I was with child underwater. <laughs> oh, that looks like an album cover. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> That should be your next album cover. Yeah. There you go. People buy totally. just for the, I, just for the yeah. album cover. So can you tell us about some of your video game roles? Uh, yeah, I've worked on a couple of Game of the Year winners. God of War 4 and XCOM. Uh, Who'd you play on those XCOM, games? All the XCOM games. And XCOM was my first kind of big game break into, into gaming. Uh, that was another one 
where somebody had watched one of my YouTube videos and was like, I he just messaged me on YouTube and was like, Hey, I don't know if you have an age or not, but I love what you did in this Optimus Prime impression video. And I have this game character, blah, 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 get me, get in touch with me. And I was thankful that I was already with an agent at the time. So I sent them yeah. some information and it was like, because he did, he's basically said, I get really sick of going through 500 auditions. And it's like, when I hear what I want, I just, why go through all that when I just got, get him straight right away? So this is why I wow. keep telling people that they should put content out there, either whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on TikTok, just put something out there that can show people because you never know who's going to watch it and you never know how you can get booked on something. You really just never know. I tell the story because most recently it, this, I had no idea, but it was pretty awesome. Kathy, one of our mutual agents, she's, hey, you booked uh, World of Warcraft. Can you go to Ir- Irvine? I know where Irvine is, but I'm like, yes, I will do anything for voiceover jobs. So I drove three and a half hours on a quarter of a tank of gas, not knowing it was going to be that bad. <laughs> and the time of the session was from four to six on a Friday. And I would have to drive back to L.A. through that. And then I get there and then that was, they were like, did they tell you how, to, how you booked the job? And I'm like, no, uh, we were all curious because I didn't audition. They said, you recorded something for us in, 2000, in 2011. And we kept it because we liked it. And your voice came up for something seven years later wow. <laughs> seven years they had that audition so you really never know who did you voice on that some characters in world of warcraft some of the creatures mm-hmm. i don't really don't know the, the remember the species names which was one of my first creature gigs and they were like holy crap you've been you're really good at creatures have you been doing this long i'm like this is like the second time they're like really <laughs> they're like you just went to a really short list of guys who was really good at creatures and i'm like okay cool and we got I mean, done. I've been doing it for years. Yeah, and we got done with the whole thing in 20 minutes flat. And I drove back like just as fast as I got there after I got some gas, of course. And it only took four hours. Yeah, yeah. it only took four hours to get there. It only took 20 minutes to do the job. <laughs> but yeah, and then to drive back through traffic. Four it was, hours. It was, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. How was uh, how's your Tim Burton impression? Lots of people chiming in. Tim Burton. Does Tim. Did it one Tim like? I never, I, I honestly, the last time I heard Tim Burton's voice was on probably a, a DVD special feature a decade or two ago. I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> I don't get auditions for Tim Burton very often. Sorry, guys. Not a popular one. No, <laughs> no Ryan Reynolds. That is definitely a first. I've never been asked to do a Tim Burton impression before. Now it li- literally is a pylon. Okay, what's been your favorite experience recording Scratch? And I guess it can't really be better than that Transformers experience. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Honestly, I, as much as I loved Bumblebee movie, Detective Pikachu was the most fun I've ever had. Okay, had so you started before. doing Scratch and then you did ADR? Or had the, yeah. how, tell us about well, that. The Scratch ADR, I, I consider those basically the same thing, but most of the ADR that I had done previously was not Scratch for films. It was ADR for trailers or commercials specifically. Right. Or it was like a Netflix series, like anime is done. So um, doing it for film, though, that started with, that's actually started with Krampus, with Adam MacArthur and a few other folks from CSD. And so about mm-hmm. 10 or 11 of us in a loop group session for that. And then we, the three of us, me and Adam, and I'm spacing on his name, but you'd know him if you saw him at the agency. <laughs> we, the three of us out of everybody got called back. And this was, I wasn't even living in LA at the time. And I made a point to fly back just for that. Oh, wow. And, uh, and we got the audition. The, the audition was literally speak in an unknown language for one minute straight. That was the audition. 
That's what it oh, said. Oh, that sounds so, so fun. I did, I did three different languages for three minutes. And yeah, next day, I, in fact, they, she said within a couple of hours, she's like, how fast can you get to Universal Studios? And I'm like, I can be there now if you need me to. Okay, you're, you got a job tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, cool. So that kind of opened the door for that. And then the Optimus Prime thing led to working at Paramount. And the Detective Pikachu was just through an audition. I just auditioned for it and got the job. And they just hired me back over and over again. It was a lot of, it's a ton was, of sessions. Was it, ma- was it matching Pikachu? Yeah. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, for the whole film, which was awesome. I, I, I didn't get to see the screening for that one, but I was told that a lot of the a lot of Ryan's lines and the screener were were me, but I didn't actually see it. But I was also there's a couple of spots in there that are still me in the final film, and then there's there's I'm a news anchor right before the uh, mm-hmm. the big battle that praise like the annual Rhyme City Pokemon parade is that that's me too. Uh, wow, you have a really good memory for that kind of stuff. I can't even remember. Well, when your resume is short in mine, as far as cool jobs go, it keeps the short list is about this big, so it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to remember the cool ones. It's, it's hard to remember all the small stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I am curious because you are you do a lot of stuff raising funds and awareness for autism. Autism yeah. awareness is the organization, I believe. Yeah, Autism and, Society of America is the actual. Autism Society of America. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about how that has been having a child that has autism? It's been, uh, this job has been a serious blessing because Mm -hmm. of our situation with my son, because we would not have the insurance that we have, which has so much, we would be bankrupt if we didn't have the insurance to pay for just the medications alone every Mm -hmm. month. But yeah, the facilities here and the fact that I'm in the Screen Actors Guild and have the good insurance has, has been a, a huge, huge help. And being able to work from home, you know, most people are pretty considerate, especially behind the scenes. If you're just up front with folks and say, look, I, they understand that our kids are not in school right now, that they're at home and they understand that I have an autistic kid up front, then that usually doesn't cause any problems. I'm just like, yeah. look, I really need, need five minutes. There's a situation. We don't want it to get out of control. But yeah, it is back to the whole spinning plates. It's very, yeah, it can be nerve wracking. It really can be. But it's, I'm glad that I'm able to be here most of the time and that I don't have to travel far to do jobs very often. And I don't have to be gone for long periods of time either. Do you guys get to all have lunch together? Or? Yeah, we, we, well, the kids usually eat their lunch separately for me because I'm usually in the booth for most of the day. We, <laughs> we have enough agents now and enough content to, to work on that my day is pretty much you know booked up until mm-hmm. 9 30 p.m 10 o'clock at night you can wow. my wife can she's in the chat she can pouch for you yeah and she then said I spend one word hard she falls asleep so i have a little window before i fall asleep okay so i'll throw on a costume and then i'll do 30 or 40 different voices auditioning for a certain character in a movie or tv show and anything else that I can think of while I'm in that outfit, and then I'll go to bed and then splice up the video in between stuff later on when I just find time, because I can do all that from my phone now. My phone's gotten to the point where I can do everything from it. And wow. uh, so that makes it very convenient to be making stuff as I go and in that tiny little tiny window that I have. But usually wow. I can get hours of stuff out of just a few minutes. When I say hours, I can get hours worth of work to editing videos and putting things together and rearranging the, the, the order. Thank you, Debbie. You're just the sweetest. As opposed um, to just looping it over and yeah, over again for hours. You're like, as, this as is as opposed to just kind of, Yeah, because it's too easy just to get up there and be like, record, blah, 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 the end, post. I put more effort into that. I, I try, because I've, I've recently started working with a, a deep fake app 
And I know the deep fakes can be used for evil, but I, I do not use them for evil. The reason why I like the app is because it actually has a one movable watermark so that it's not real. Right, but right. It's a new way to combine what the kids are calling cosplay. And I'm basically combining that with impressions with deep fake technology to create a different type of content. And a lot of people seem to really enjoy it and it gets a ton of views. And just, just that and just standard basic impression videos saying things that fans request is like the new standard norm on the internet. Uh, usually on these live streams, it's just a ton of do this, do family guy, doing someone's <laughs> right. just because I can do it doesn't mean I can just sit here and do it all day long. I do still have to take care of my instrument and still have to work in the morning. So right. and, uh, yeah, it's a lot to balance when you have a kid that comes to the door every five seconds. Dad, can I take a picture of this toy? You know, and, so. <laughs> and what about, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, with the deep fake, what was I going to say? We were talking about the autism with with Zach. Oh, That's, right, yeah. It can be very difficult because you're in the middle of recording and then you hear it knock, knock. And it's usually yeah. over something like, I drew a picture or can I have a snack? Or it's just, and because he's not in school with a, a set schedule, yeah. he's very, I need dad's attention every five minutes. Buddy the elf. Okay, I'll call you back in five minutes. It's like that. And that's, buddy, it's not an emergency. Daddy has to do his job. And I understand from their point of view, especially from his, not understanding that this is actually great for my brand and getting all these tons of views and likes and being able to network as well as I have with some really well-connected people mm -hmm. on, through TikTok and things is part of the job. So he just sees it as me just playing around making videos. He doesn't, he thinks daddy's just make, doing dress up and playing costumes, you know, just putting on costumes. So it's hard, it's hard to make him understand that daddy has to do this job. And if daddy doesn't make money, then he doesn't get things. You know? Yeah, it's tough to find that balance and yeah. to, to really know where, what is paying off in the long run. I think I, I actually took a 14 month break from all social media and did zero. <laughs> and it was a dream, actually. It was like so nice to have. I imagine it's amazing. I, I've, been, I've been dreaming of, of social media retirement for years. What is I can't wait to take? get to the point where I really am too old to do social media anymore. And then I'm like, sorry, now I'm just a creepy old man. The, the end. I'm saying, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm going to get to that point one day where I'm just, I'm too old for this. Oh, yeah. Give yeah. me a Riggs moment from the Lethal Weapon. Be like, or it'll be like, like people won't even use it anymore. There'll be like a new media. There will always be, yeah. There'll always be something new coming People will be like, what? YouTube? That's well, for I mean, Grandpa. I, I, I've told my grandpa wife John. Yeah. I told my wife all along, like we always had said, once Zachary gets all the benefits that he needs, there's no reason to kill myself for it anymore. And I can just focus on just doing voiceover. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to somebody running it for me or like a friend of mine that I met on TikTok who everybody here would know because he's a TV show, but I'm not sure if he wants me to disclose anything. He basically said that we're stuck doing this for life. And I'm like, why do you say that? He's dude, Chris Pratt has to do it. And I was like, yeah, but he's a movie star. He's no, but he wouldn't, he doesn't have to do it. He's a freaking movie star, but he's actually said, my boss or whoever is making me do this. He's On like, TikTok, I, I believe him. He's making him do social media. And I'm like, uh, I believe him. I believe that those, they're people who they get contractually obligated. No, you have to do this. But I, like I said, most people have somebody running it for them. I just don't have that kind of money, but maybe one day somebody runs it for me. Fine. But yeah. Yeah, and then you can, I don't you can do just it focus on the creating or even delegate. Yeah. Hey, edit this. I don't like coming up with ideas. I love coming up with ideas. I love working on collaborating with people and making content. Yeah. I have that creative outlet and it keeps me at peace and gives me something to do. And it entertains people, puts a little bit of joy in their lives. But doing it all by myself forever is just no. I don't know how you find the so time much. 
to be just putting out so much um, material. It's kind of like Costco. It's kind of like Costco. I make things in bulk Batch. and split them up a little bit at a time. You're like changing your shirt to make it look like it's a different day. <laughs> no shame. I'm just asking. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed on Instagram. Like I said, I, I pay attention to patterns and things. But the best, you notice my, this is a good example of the pattern. You've got your black, blue, black, blue. But with Instagram, I try to either do all the same colors in a row or all the same actor face something but something similar that ties those three because your overall profile view is in threes three 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 so if you have those pictures side by side looking at the profile overall it's just it's already so aesthetically pleasing people are like oh look at that because it's got red and then purple and then green and and it's also creative funny whatever content that show highlights in my case voiceover skills but in everybody, everybody's case, everybody's different. Some people do art. Some people are, they make stuff. Some people just do science. And my buddy Nick just, he's got millions of followers because he does science experiments. <laughs> but so that, cool. I, I try to pay attention to those little things that help things do better. And that, but I, I just can't devote a lot of time to it. I, I could yeah. probably be a social media star if I actually was doing this full time rather than trying to, but the voiceover career for me is more important because that what take care of, that's what takes care of the family. I thought you were a social media star. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> but not really. I, I'm a social I'm on the level that's considered a social media influencer or a content creator. But I think there's I think there's another level when you get to that you're a social media celebrity. It's when people recognize you everywhere you go and you can just tweet the word fart and fifty million people like it. You know what I mean? I'm just <laughs> never gonna be to that point. I'm, I'm happy when Wayne Johnson says happy birthday on Twitter. I'm just like, oh cool. <laughs> I, I will always like your farts. I appreciate it. I don't they smell, want to, I, they smell of rich mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to be conscientious of your time because I know you are uh, a very. My busy wife's guy. here. She's not yelling yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sedona B I haven't, says. I haven't eaten yet, Sedo- but I, know, I do know that there's a one-hour limit. Sedona Deb. Sedona Deb says you're a star too. That's Debbie, Derryberry. That's our, no, that's our Debbie. Cope. Oh, Debbie Cope. Wow, Deb, you look different yeah, that's there. Sedona Deb. Isn't she beautiful in her picture? Yeah, you know what? I can hardly see right now, but that makes sense. I thought that, <laughs> thought that at first, and then I lo- I didn't recognize the picture at all, so I thought it was somebody else. She thought you looked too good, Debbie. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> I just can't see because it's so tiny. Because people are like, don't you recognize me? I'm like, I'm sorry, but your picture is not this big anymore. <laughs> I have the exact opposite problem. Like, I can see it pretty good from this far away, but then yeah. people are in full life, and I don't recognize them at all because I'm used to seeing them this big. <laughs> oh, you have a body? People want to hear your Ryan Reynolds. People always want to hear the Ryan Reynolds. I don't know what it is. I hope you all wear your brown pants because this is really special. Brought to you by Smooth Delicious Aviation Gin and Mint Mobile. (laughs) That's great. And now, any projects on the horizon? Now, obviously, I know NDA City. I know. But what can you talk about? NDA and NDA. I have a couple of things that I've still not been cleared to say anything about. Anything that just came out? I know <laughs> a lot of people are tagging on something that just came out, but I've not been clear to say anything. So I'm sorry, guys. I would love to say something, but I refrain from even reposting it <laughs> just to be careful and conscientious of my NDA. But yeah, you can hear me in, all, in the you can hear me in Elder Scrolls, the latest chapters. I think the last three or four of Elder Scrolls Online, and uh, a new game that just came out called Marble Knights with Christina V uh, directing. Anna Brisbane's in that, and Erica Ishii. You guys, most of you Instagram YouTubers will know both of them. Anna's actually with CESD now as well. 
she goes by Brizzy Voices on YouTube. She does a lot of female impression stuff. Is this CES so, you know, or arcade? Yeah. So this like. was this was an arcade uh, Apple arcade game. So and it's pretty cool. It's a it's called Marble Knights. So everybody is everybody's little bodies are like half marble, and it's got tons of ball puns in it, guys. There's so many marble puns. It's not even funny. But I I am King Roland. And, what uh, more could you ask for? Cool. So he's like the he's like the narrator. I've always wanted to be the guy that is like round one, you know, that guy. So that was a fun gig to do. Um, Desi Sketchy is my daughter. She's in the chat as well. That's great. Let's and, see. And Aaron Pollard had a great. John, can you do a trailer for NDA the movie? <laughs> Coming soon, a movie you'll never see, something you'll never hear about. Non-disclosure agreement. The movie. Rated NDA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Tyler Fanatters. Oh, I have yeah, three, one more three family thing. members in here. That's my son. Tyler Fanart is my son. Let's see. This is a family yeah, affair. This is my daughter. Yeah, it's a Bailey family reunion. It's a Bailey family reunion. <laughs> John, I heard you were in a commercial. You talked really fast, but you're totally legible, and it's like a totally iconic commercial from like when we were kids. Do you remember? Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, the micro machines. It doesn't say micro machines, not the real thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm the new voice of my, the micro machine. <laughs> Huge <laughs> surprise cool. to me. I honestly did that audition as a joke because I thought I didn't have a shot. I was, I'm, I am terrible at reading the legal speak at the end of commercials. Oh, really? I, I'm so bad at it. And I try so hard to be good at it. And I was like, this is, there's no way. So I just did it. And they were like, that was great. And, and then it was, it, was, it was twice as hard as a normal commercial because if you've seen the, the new one, they actually deep faked my mouth over the kids' mouths. So it looks like they're saying as fast as I'm saying it with my voice. And so I had to go in camera during quarantine to go do an on-camera thing where I was recording the lines voiceover wise. And then they had, they were filming my face at the time. And that was some work because <laughs> that's not my, that's not the gig people know me for reading ridiculously fast. But thankfully we just had to on do it camera. line by line. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just that it's line by line. They like to alliterate like a lot. Yeah. And all the words are like all the letter P and just every single one of them is a tongue twister. And I'm just like, this is the worst case scenario for a voice actor. The whole gig is like legal speak. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And you have to be on camera. So not only that, you have to like actually think about how your mouth is moving. And yeah, and you have that. to stay really still because the camera's on your mouth. And Can you're, like, you show to us? Can you like get in really close and maybe talk like this? Yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was the voice of, it was with John Machida Jr.'s voice originally. But yeah, yes, I did do a season of Graveyard Cars. Thank you, Destiny. I was, I've, done, I've been a, na a reality TV series uh, narrator at one point. But it, was, it, was, it was cool because I, I loved Micro Machines. I loved the Micro Machines commercials and I had so many of them when I was a kid too. So I was just happy to see them back. But uh, to actually be the voice of it was really awesome. I'll have to get Bodhi some. That's so cool. So you were the voice of Graveyard Car. Isn't that funny? I, and I was... Yeah. Um, Women who kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, Graveyard you know. Cars is about where they take old crappy cars and just completely restore the entire thing, which is not something I'd ever done before. I was, that, that was funny because our mutual acquaintance, Mr. Vinny, I was like, you have a good, when I first auditioned for, for the agency, he's like, I think you have a good voice for like documentaries and like documentary narrate, reality TV narration. And I never in years, never, ever booked it to the point of them just not, not even fooling with sending me the scripts anymore. <laughs> even though I have supposedly have that voice, that's average guy next door. That's the one I never, ever book. Um, and this one worked out again. It was one of those things where, again, the guy was like, I'm a huge fan and we'd love to have you as the voice of our show. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll take what I can get, but I'd prefer to audition for it and get it and not just be like, I'm a fan, give me the job. 
See, John, I should have just kept my YouTube channel pouring out content <laughs> I like I you. Watch YouTube. I watch your YouTube stuff. I was I a know. subscriber. Jesus Christ. Yeah, my, my father-in-law was actually, my wife just mentioned my father-in-law was actually a big fan of that show. So he's he heard me on the show. He's like, what? That's what's oh, he didn't know until he didn't know. <laughs> It's like nobody can bring cars back from the dead like John Bailey. Apparently so. Who knew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, guys, we're, we're going to wrap it up because I know John has a lot of things to do. He's got to kiss each of the kids goodnight tonight. <laughs> Although I guess they're teenagers. I don't know we're if doing so, them. We're doing six-foot social distancing kissing goodnight now. We just blow kisses and then oh, we yeah. disinfect the air. <laughs> <laughs> you guys I tell you, voice actors, are, are we have to work twice as hard not to get sick. Because we really need to be well. Because we cannot afford to be. Some of these people get out are out of work for months. So it's this is a worst case scenario for some of us because we cannot afford to get ill on a normal day, let alone when there's a killer virus out there. Yeah, air kisses, but you can't blow them directly at somebody. <laughs> you blow them away, and then you know that's, that's around. straight above the internet and screens. I know. Okay. Okay. I hang out more with friends now than I did before. <laughs> <laughs> We did no, have. Um, we need to catch up and get coffee, and then we never do. <laughs> okay, so people, are, someone asked if you could do the Beetlejuice Juilliard speech. I don't remember that. No, I saw that that comment. I, mean, I can do Beetlejuice for you all day. Just say, just say the words. Just say the words three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. But I don't know a Juilliard speech. I don't know what that's referring to. Some of these you know, movies that they refer to, I haven't seen that yesterday. I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> you do have quite the memory, though. Google You're recalling it. a lot of stuff. I, I surprise myself because I do not have a very good memory. So when I recall things, I'm like, inside, I'm like, whew, at least I remember what that one was. <laughs> Does anybody else have any more questions before we let John go? For any of John's fans that want to check out the show next week, let me check my schedule here. Oh, next week we have voice actress Kimberly Brooks is going to be our Yay! special guest. So that's going to be a really fun one. Kimberly has been in like, kind a, of of- a million things. I first worked with her on Man with a Plan and um, DC Superhero Girls, and she's just in a, a bunch of stuff. So um, stay tuned for that. And you can, I, I was guess, there for her first Comic-Con follow. Panel. What was that? I was there for her first Comic-Con panel. I was so proud. Wow. What year was yeah. that? This past year, like last year. Really? That yeah. was her first? That's amazing. Yeah. She, she was like, <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that's pretty cool. Yeah, any more questions? Let's see. There's one more question. Let's see. Tim Burton characters. Okay, I think Sugar Mandy Cosplay has the question to wrap it up. Can you tell us the secret to being epic? The secret to being epic is confidence more than anything else. It's just believing that you can do it or faking that you can do it, whether anybody else. Because if you can make other people believe it, then you got nothing to be afraid of. And is it mostly fake it till you make it, or is it Pretty mostly? Much. It's like I said. It's, it was. It, it came to that was such a great illustration of the Harry Potter thing because it kind of. That's exactly what happened. Like I'd worked with one of the biggest directors and like the one of the film. Same thing with the Ticket Pikachu, and then didn't know until after the fact that I'd been working with the main people who were making this movie, and then working with somebody like Michael Bay was not even a problem. Like as close as you and I are, but in real life, and everybody was like. Michael Bay, like, he's really scary. Uh, like, seemed, it went great. <laughs> and after that point, it's just like, and the other thing I did, I did not mention during this thing was that I started doing stand-up at Flappers when I first yeah. moved here. And honestly, it is like, 
going from fastball to slow softballs, <laughs> like the hardest you can think of to the easiest thing you can think of. And at that point, nothing seemed to, nothing scared me anymore when it came to doing auditions for stuff. Because like when you get up live in front of a bunch of people and you're able to entertain them and make them, you make somebody laugh with words out of your mouth. That's not easy to do. And being able to do that was like, what am I so worried about with the, nobody's in the booth with me? What am I going to be worried about? You can just be free. Yeah. Uh, thanks guys so much. I, I'm actually, this is the first time this has ever happened, but apparently I have a minute and two seconds left until I guess we get, they're going to shut it down. Off. Thank you so much for tuning in guys. And I hope that you'll stick around and catch up um, some future episodes. Debbie Derryberry's coming in next month Yay. and we're going to get Bill Farmer in here as well. And we hope you tune in and so good to see you. Thank you, you so much it. for being my guest tonight. Bye. And, God bless um, everybody. Air hug. Uh. Love, love. Yes. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week. <laughs>